0: Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Please turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 8. I have something really powerful I'm going to share with you the next few minutes. This is something I've been pondering in my own life for the last few weeks. Carla and I have been talking about it regularly. It gets bigger and bigger the more I think about it. We've been talking about once you get in faith about something, stay in faith. So we're going to have to talk a little bit more about what that means, to stay in faith. But a lot of times you'll get in faith for something good to happen. In a church service where there's mass faith. And it will like just just push you into a wonderful position of faith. But what happens on Tuesday or Friday or five days later or two? What happens? Well, you need to make sure with a little checklist that you're staying in faith after you got in faith. And we're talking primarily in these meetings about talking to believers about praying for something that, you know, God wants you to have. You found scripture for it. Getting in faith and saying, Father, thank you for this thing I just prayed for. Even though I don't see it yet, I know it's on the way. And then staying in faith until it shows up. Y'all realize that delayed prayer is not denied prayer. You understand that, right? Just because something doesn't happen in two weeks doesn't mean God said no. It just means sometimes there's resistance between heaven and earth. There are are such a thing as demons and evil spirits try to block and hinder things from coming into our life. But if we'll stand our ground and keep quoting scriptures, there's nothing they can do about it, we will receive our miracle. Amen. So getting in faith is one thing. Oh, I just prayed a good prayer, release my faith, things are gonna get better. You need to act like that three weeks from then, even if things got worse. That's right. Are you listening to me? Yes. This is where this is what separates the men from the boys. You have to determine before you even pray, you're standing in faith forever for this thing to happen. That's right. It will happen. Now see. If, you, if you're prepared to stand forever, it won't take as long. It will surely come to pass because God didn't lie. And some people think their prayer didn't work because things didn't get any better after two weeks. That's no sign your prayer didn't work. I can show you all kinds of scriptures where things didn't happen immediately, but they eventually happened because people kept believing. So we, we, we talked at times about getting into faith praying the prayer of faith, claiming a scripture by faith. But what do you do between that prayer and that promise actually showing up in your life, in your body, in your mind, in your bank account, in your family, in your children? What do you do between amen and there it is? Well, it's very important what you do between that time. It's called staying in faith. It's called don't cast away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. It's called hold fast to your confession of faith because he's faithful that promised. Why even say those things if it wasn't going to take some time for things to change? I like what uh, Galatians says. Galatians chapter 6 says, when you're doing what God told you to do, you're praying a prayer, you're you're, you're in faith. He said, don't be weary in well-doing. Why? Because you're going to be tempted to give up. Why take up Holy Scripture to say these things if it was always hunky-dory or just a flow? You're going to be tempted to quit and give up on your prayer, on tithing, on giving, on whatever you're doing. And God said, don't do it. There's evil forces arrayed against us when we make a stand on God's word. You need to realize this. When we stand on God's word, demons are going to try to get us to doubt. It's not working. Things haven't changed yet. Maybe even feel a little worse. What do you do in a time like that? You make sure you have enough scriptures in you to combat that junk that tells you it's not going to happen. You're not good enough. Blah, blah, blah. You need to have enough scriptures on the inside of you to ward those evil forces off that are trying to get you to doubt. So we want to talk about staying in faith. So go to Luke chapter eight and look at what Jesus said about this. And we'll just start reading in verse. What do I have here? Let's start reading in verse four. Luke chapter eight, verse four. When much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city. He spoke by a parable. Let's just read on through about eight verses or so. So the Lord said, a sower went out to sow his seed. As he sowed, some fell by the wayside and it was trodden down. And the fowls of the air devoured it up. And some fell on rock. Some seeds the farmer was sowing fell on rock. And as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Next verse. Some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Others fell on good ground and sprang up and bear fruit a hundred, fold. And when he had said these things, he cried. He screamed. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. This was important to the Lord. And his disciples asked him, saying, "What, what might this parable be? You know, farmers sowing all these seeds. Some grow, some didn't grow. He said unto you, you know, that come to me after the sermon's over. You know, people actually pray about the messages they heard in church. He said unto you. You're going to know some things. You're going to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to others, you know, who don't come to me, all they do is go to church. Never talk to me about what they heard in church. It's all parables that seeing they may not see and hearing they might not understand. Now notice he's going to explain the parable. Check this out. Now the parable is this. The seed that this farmer was sowing is words that you're hearing. The seed is the word of God. It's what you're hearing in church. Alright, so this parable is going to show you right here that not all seed gets in the ground right. Not all seed is going to produce fruit. It's sown, it's spoken, the preacher preached, but not all seed is doing much in people's lives. Actually, 25% got good results. 75% didn't get very good results at all. I wonder if the ratio is still the same today. Alright, so those by the wayside are they that hear the word of God and then comes the devil... What happens after you hear the word of God? He don't want you hearing your answer. He doesn't want you hearing your miracle. He doesn't want you hearing what you need and your babies need to get the healing they need. Oh, guys, this is so important. Then comes the devil and takes away the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved. What should you do? If you hear a saving word, if you hear the word of God and you leave church and something tries to tell you that's not true, that's weird. What should you do? You should tell the enemy, shut up, stop it. You're not taking the word I got. It's mine. You're not taking the word I heard. It's mine. I'm not going to yield to your dumb doubts and your dumb lies and all your crazy stuff. I heard the word of God. It's working in my life and I'm not letting it go. If he tries to take it, what should you do? Slap his hand. Say in the name of Jesus, no. You're not going to mess with my mind. You're not going to mess with my faith. I'm keeping what I got in church. Amen. All right, so, so here, here on the wayside, that's what these people are like. Then it says, next verse, those that hear, those that hear the word, a certain group of people is like they on the rock where the seed was sown. They heard the word, they hear it, They receive the word with joy. Nothing wrong with that, but that's not all there is. They receive the word with joy and these people who hear the word, hear the preaching of the word, they have no root. Which for a while believe. And in time of temptation or testing or trying, they fall away. Now, now, this is the part we want to talk about tonight. Go ahead and read the next two verses and we'll come back to verse 13. And they which fell among thorns. Notice this. They which when they have heard, they go forth. They're choked with what? The The cares and riches and pleasures of this life and they bring no fruit to perfection. The word doesn't work much in their lives either because there's all these other things in their life that shouldn't be there. Priorities that are off. Next verse, here's us. I'm saying this is us. But that on the good ground are they, people which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it. And they bring forth fruit, now listen, with patience. Remember that word patience, it's actually endurance in the original Greek. So notice the the hearts that actually get somewhere when they hear the word. They're honest good, right? Their nature is to not be mean and hurt people. They keep it. They hold on to the word. They value the word enough to hold on to it and they bring forth fruit, but it's not immediate. It's not immediate. I know this, that a lot of the victory in my life and other people's lives who've been in this church for a while, it's not a victory that happened overnight or in a week or in a month. Things have been developed in us over the years of hearing the word of God on a regular basis that is causing us to live a life of victory that almost seems so subtle you didn't really know that's how it happened. I was praying one time and the Lord, I actually was praying in tongues and the Bible says, he that speaks in tongues pray that he may interpret I interpreted something I had said in other tongues in prayer, and this is what it came out. This was like the Lord talking to me. He said, the teachings that are coming forth in this church are producing an attitude of faith in the people of this church that is subconsciously activating a life of victory. It's what's developed in you over time. I, I thank God for the goosebumps I get in good church services. I thank God for the music service. Oh, it's better than ever. I thank God for our guest speakers. But the most, the most important and the most powerful thing that happens in churches when you're part of a local church is what's developed in you over time. Amen. Here a little, there a little, a little stronger, a little stronger, a little more faith, a little more faith, a little more faith. Peace levels getting stronger. Joy is rising, little by little. Joy, healing, health, strength. And over the years, you're living in a life of victory that you don't even know quite how it happened except it was developed over time. I thank God for miracles that happen in church service. I thank God for immediate healings that happen in our prayer line. But those people still need to develop in faith or they may get a counterattack and they may drop the ball and the same thing may come back on them But they weren't developing in faith. You can't substitute Anything for growing in God. Do you know what I mean by that? Some of the great healing evangelists in the 1900s and early and late 1800s, they were actually at, at a point in some of their realizing what was going on was they were ministering to. They said sometimes when you receive an immediate healing and you don't grow in the Word of God, you don't grow in faith. He said, it's almost like you'll you'll lose it because the enemy will come back with a counterattack. And if you don't know how to believe God for yourself and swing the sword for yourself, when that counterattack comes, you'll go down. And it could even be worse afterwards than before. There's no substitute for growing in faith. There's no substitute for growing up spiritually, right? A prayer can't, you can't say, oh, pastor, pray for me that i be mature. (laughs) The Bible says the only way you're going to mature is through suffering. Enduring stuff. Right? Staying in faith when you feel like doubting. Walking in love when you feel like slapping. Right? This is is when you grow. This is when you develop. So, did you see that little graphic up there? The kid's not bothered at all by the meteorite that's about to hit the earth. Tornado's over his shoulder. He's staying in faith. I like that guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's staying in faith. So, go back to Luke now chapter 8, in verse 13. Luke 8, 13. Jesus is explaining a certain group of people who heard the word, like those on the rock, are they which, when they hear the word of God, they receive the word, which is wonderful. They receive it with joy, which is wonderful. But, they don't have any root. It, it, It wasn't, Something distracted them. It didn't take root. They got their attention on something else. It never had time to be engrafted into their life. And therefore, they believed. They got in faith. But here's the bad part. For a while, implying they stopped believing. When it got tough, in time of temptation, in time of tests and trials... Well, this is what we don't want to do. And what's it going to take? What's it going to take to not fall away in temptation? Remember the good heart? Remember the good heart? They bore fruit with endurance. They bore fruit. It says with patience in the King James. They bore fruit because they had some endurance about them. Looked like it wasn't working. They kept believing anyway. Felt like it wasn't working. They kept believing anyway. People saying they're crazy. They kept believing anyway. Things didn't change immediately. Their body still feels bad. They, they kept believing. Say, I, I don't mean to understand it, but I'm not going to stop believing. I got scriptures. I believe they're true. If I was asked my body, my body would say they're not true, but I, I'm not asking my body. God said they're, they're true. They're true. God never said there wouldn't be a fight, but he did say we always win. And one of the ways we win is if we get this endurance thing down. You get in faith, and then you slam your stake in the ground. You lock onto the bone like a pit bull or whatever locks onto a bone. Right? I mean, you just hang in there and you just chomp and you hold on until things change. Right. Say, Pastor, but I want it to change quicker. Well, then praise God more for the answer. <laughs> I mean, that's one thing you can do to speed things up. Praise God more for the victory. Yes. Right? So, Hebrews chapter 10. As you're turning there, say this, I am going to, believe, I'm going to believe not for a while. For a while. <laughs> How long are you going to believe, church? Until, I get it. Until That's right. you see the glory of God Amen. in this earth realm. Right. And then what do you do after you see? Oh, you just keep on believing because you want to hold on to it, right? Hold fast that what you've got. Yeah. Don't let go of it by stopping believing. Right. Pastor, I don't have to believe for it. I see it. Well, you need to believe to hang on to it. Believe that it stays in your life. Believe that it... I am, I'm touched by some things that I see going around me when I I see news or watch a movie or hear hear something going on. I'm touched by the fact that in, in, in such a way where I want to help these people, I have seen people so successful in life, in the money area, in the fame area, and then a sickness comes on the scene and knocks him out early in life. I, th- I think that doesn't have to happen. These people can learn faith. They can learn what it means to stay in faith. I, I think a lot of people in the back of their mind have this thought, okay, I'm going to make my millions. I- I'm going to be successful. And now in the back of their mind they're thinking, but I sure hope sickness doesn't take me out before I can enjoy it. I show up with disease, doesn't take me out before I can enjoy it. And there's like this hidden behind the scenes fear in their life that my dream's gonna come true, but I hope I don't die young. Aren't you glad that in Jesus we don't have to fear that? You can be successful, you can be completely successful. And not have to worry about sickness taking you out early when you just reached your level of success and your dream just came true. I I decided to write, I'm going to write another book. I've got like 30 in progress right now. And they're all going to come out. Believe me, I'm going to get them out. Um, Success without sickness. Success without sickness. A lot of celebrities are going to like that one. There's a lot of celebrities that they're battling stuff. They're sick. They're depressed. They're seeing psychiatrists every week. They're in trouble. They got the money. Jim Carrey is a perfect example. He's totally, I feel sorry for the guy. It's like, come to Faith Heights Church, dude. Tune in online. We can help you. <laughs> so, Hebrews chapter 10, look at verse 32 through verse 39. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32 through 39. Paul's writing to the church. He says, guys, call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions. This is kind of interesting here. They got the light on the word and guess what happened? Satan came immediately to take the word out of their hearts, right? They got light and now they got some problems. But they have enough word to use against those problems or the Lord wouldn't allow that to happen. The enemy's trying to to destroy us. God's just saying, no, you're going to grow stronger through this stuff. He said, partly while you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly while you became companions of them that were so used. Next verse. For you had compassion of me in my bonds, And you guys took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. What's that all about? What's joyful about getting ripped off? I say, what's joyful about your goods being destroyed? What's joyful about that? Nothing. But there is something joyful about getting to use your faith, see it turn around, act on the word. Rub it in the devil's face. What he meant to destroy you, now you're preaching a testimony from. Right. Amen. See, you can turn a mess into a message. Amen. Yes. You could turn a test into a testimony. That's right. Depending on which way you go, what you do. You can become bitter when bad things happen or you can become better. Yeah. Huh? Huh? And this scripture says that some bad things were happening to these Hebrew Christians. Some terrible things were happening. And Paul said, listen, you had compassion on me when I was going through all this stuff I was going through. And you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods because they knew something. Knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Next verse. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense Of rewards. Think about that. Cast not away. How do you cast away your confidence? You stop believing. You start worrying and being afraid. You start talking like. Prayer didn't work. No, no. That's not us. Don't don't do what? Don't cast away your confidence. Why? Because you're going to see. If you don't quit. You're going to see something amazing happen. In this area of a reward. Now. Before we go to the next verse, I want to preface it with this. I was praying about this earlier. I talked to Carla about it a little bit at dinner and earlier this morning. If we were to ask a lot of people, including myself, you know, what do you need right now? What what do you need? Well, I, I need healing. What what do you need? Well, I need Money. What do you need? Well, I need some peace. I'm tired of this depression. What do you need? I, I, need, I need victory over this habit. I'm going to die if I keep indulging. I, I need friends. I, I need my children to serve God. I, I need happiness. I, I, I need, I need and all these things. And, and I'm not saying that's 100% off or wrong, but what do people really need? Come on. The Bible says all things are possible to him that believes. There is a remedy for every disease. There is a remedy for every problem. It's called all things are possible to him that believes. And Jesus said that in the context of physical healing. A boy that was having epileptic fits. And the, guy got, the boy got totally healed. And the Lord told the father of that boy, listen, you're trying to put it all on me. Jesus, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And the Lord said, no, it's if you can do something. You're going to have to open the door to me, buddy, because I, don't, I can't just barge in. So he got into some faith. He said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. The Lord helped him where he was at. And his boy got totally set free. And Jesus said, if you can believe, man, all things are possible to him that believes. So think about this. If faith is the answer, then is sickness really the problem or is unbelief the problem? Maybe we're working on the wrong end here. If we want to get to the root of the problem, let's, let's work on the root of the problem. So now listen. So what do you have need of? What do you have need? What do you need? What do you need? And it's not wrong and I'm not saying it's off to mention the, the physical need or the emotional need or whatever but what do we really need? What do you really you and I what we really need is we need to get in faith and stay in faith. Yeah. And all these other things will clear up. Right. Yes. What's, the big, what's the big need? What, what's, look at the next verse. For you have need of healing. No. You have need of prosperity. No, but my bank account's empty. No, what, what do you really need? What do you really need? You need to stay in faith. You know, cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense and reward, for you have need of what? Pastor, I need $10,000. No, you need endurance to stay in faith that the promises are already yours, that your prayer was already heard, that the money is on the way. What do you need? Come on, what, what do we really need? Do we need the thing? Or do we need what produces the thing? Do we need to get rid of what's hindering the thing? You and I have need of endurance. That word in the Greek means this. Joyful steadfastness. What do you need? You and I need joyful steadfastness that what we prayed about will surely come to pass. No matter how long it takes, I'm going to smile and praise God. Not 24/7 I know you got to make other expressions with your face. I understand that. But when I got free time, th- this has been one of the things that's probably been one of the most difficult things for me to learn is when I'm feeling terrible, lying in bed, have a fever, throat scratchy to be able to go <laughs> Carlo, you help me. Praise the Lord, by His stripes I was healed. What am I doing? I'm not casting away my confidence. I have need of what? I have need of joyful steadfastness. That after I've done the will of God, I surely will receive the promise. I know, gosh, with microwaves and... A cash app and Apple Pay and push the button, any movie in the world we wanna see, any song you wanna hear. I drive down do you know I drive down the road now and I can just say in my car, Siri, play Let It Be by the Beatles. Let it be by the Beatles, call them through my system. Don't have to buy it, don't have to push any buttons. I mean I'm in a I'm on an iTunes plan, but but you know, everything doesn't happen immediately in in, in God or in the in the spirit realm. Some things take a little time to materialize. And if we treat God like a microwave oven or a fast food restaurant, then we're going to be missing out on a lot of really good things. Let me tell you the biggest thing we're going to be missing out on if everything happened immediately. You know the biggest thing you're going to be missing out on? Growing in faith. Yeah. Developing endurance. Yes. Growing spiritually. Growing spiritually. I mean, if there was no test, there was no problems, there was no trials, what would we push against to get stronger faith muscles? Here's a really cool scripture. This is a whole series. You need to realize this. God promised us. He said, he said in first Corinthians, he said, there is no temptation. There is no test and there is no trial taken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful He will not allow you to be tempted, tested, or tried above that ye are able. But with the allowing of the temptation will also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. If it came your way, it's because you have the ability to endure it and overcome it. Or the Lord would not have allowed it. Enemy sends things your way to destroy you. God may allow some things to come your way, but it's never to destroy you. It's because you already have enough faith to overcome it. You'll grow stronger in the process. You'll still get the miracle, but you'll develop spiritually at the same time. Now, there's a lot of things God... You know, God's holding back so much stuff from destroying us right now. Did you know that? I mean, all, all God would have to do for all of us to be destroyed in 24 hours... All God would have to do is take his hand as protection off our life. Yeah. Do you realize how much you and I are being protected every day that we don't even know about it? Yeah. All God would have to do is go like this and we'd be gone by the destroyer, by crazy things. How many you glad the hand of God is on your life for good? Yeah. Yeah. I um, sometimes I praise God You know, we think of praising God for great, wonderful things that just happened. Oh, I just got an unexpected check. Oh, I just, that lump just disappeared off my body. Oh, this person was so nice to me. Oh, I just got favor at the grocery store. Oh, we thank God for things that happen. You need to be thankful for things that haven't happened. Car wrecks. Crazy people with guns. In a building when a plane hits it. I'm just as thankful for nothing happening. As I am for good things that happen. Some of you, well, I've, been, I've been praying and praying and praying for years now and, and nothing's happening. That <laughs> could be really good. No broken bones. That's really good, right? I'm glad those things aren't happening. Drunk driver hitting you on the road. Oh, well, nothing's happening. Praise God. You didn't break your ankle walking off a curb. Right? You didn't lose your mind. You got peace. That's important stuff. Let me read you the NIV out of the scripture we just read. The NIV in verse 32 says, Church, remember those early days after you've received the light when you endured a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. Keep going. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. (laughs) These people were spiritual. Because you knew that yourselves... That you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. More where that came from, right? So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Next verse. Now, no, stop it. Go back to the previous verse. The devil can't just take things out of your life. You have to let them go. You have to throw them away. Are you following me? If he could just take things out of your life, he would have taken everything by now. He can't just, he's got to get you to throw it away. Say this tithing stuff doesn't work. This faith stuff doesn't work. This going to church stuff doesn't work. What's he trying to, he's trying to get you to throw it away before the reward comes on the scene. And if you weren't tempted to get out, then what you're involved with doesn't mean much. Not a threat to the enemy. Don't throw away your confidence. It'll be richly rewarded. Next verse. You need more money? No, more money will come if this this is taken care of. You you need healing. Well, there's something more that you need. You need perseverance that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. And it's the will of God. Go to the last verse in that chapter. I don't care if it's CNIV. We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. See, he's talking about not throwing away your faith. He's talking about enduring in the trial and not giving up, believing God. Can I get a witness, church? Is this good? Say this, I'm staying in faith. faith. Now, here's what we're going to close with. We're going to close. I'll, I'll, I'll go this really slow but staying in faith has zero to do with how you feel. I just feel really strong in faith. You may not be strong in faith. That's just feelings. Well, pastor, I feel like I have no faith at all. You may be in the strongest faith of your life right now if you're still quoting the word and praising God in the midst of your pain and adverse circumstances. Staying in faith being in faith is a lot like walking in love. You're the strongest at it when you feel the opposite of it. Did you know you are stronger in the area of love when you feel like punching somebody and you choose not to? Yeah. You're the strongest in faith when it feels like you're going down but you say, uh-uh, I'm going up. <laughs> Jesus didn't lie. He's the lifter of my head. He's raising me up. He's helping me. You're the strongest in faith when you feel like you're on the last string of faith that you have. So, staying in faith has nothing to do with your feelings. 2 Corinthians 5:7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And that word sight means uh, five physical says. We walk by faith, not what's revealed to the senses. All right. Staying in faith has to do with three primary things, and I'm going to give you seven things, and this will only take about five or ten minutes, don't worry. Um, three things, if you want to stay in faith, it has to do with your attitude, your thoughts, and your words. Actually, I said that wrong. It has to do with your attitude, which would include your thoughts. It has to do with what you're saying and not saying. It has to do with how you actually just live your life every day. All right. so make sure that these three areas, attitude, words, and how you live, just make sure that they're in line with you already having what God said belongs to you. This is so important. I'm telling you, these are the specifics. This is the intricate part here. Might not be a lot of flash right now, but this is exactly what will cause you to have the victory. If you could just, if you can just take your feelings for a second and put them over here and just do these things without feelings or no feelings, right. you'll see victory in your life. I'll see victory in my life. So I'm going to give you seven things that I call staying in faith daily checklist, something you should check every morning just to make sure you haven't drifted from that wonderful prayer of faith, from that wonderful Believing God episode in church or when hands were laid on you. Here are seven things that you can check every day and you might want to check them every day at noon and at night for a while until it's deep on the inside of you. Might want to go back and listen to this archive, get you a little three by five card, maybe laminate it and have these things on there if you want to see victory in your life. Yes, praying a good prayer is important, but staying in faith after that good prayer is vitally important. I don't even think the devil's that concerned about you and I praying a great prayer. If we only believe for a while, we get what, what do we get? We get nothing. So, number one, make sure your joy level is where it would be if you already had what you prayed for. Make sure your joy level is where it would be If you already had what you prayed for. Okay, you can go back and get the archive. It'll be on the internet here soon. Now this is so important because joy is a sign you believe God heard you. Joy is a sign you believe your prayer is being answered. If you lose your joy, you're slipping out of faith. If you're slipping out of faith, It's so interesting to me how important faith is. I I figure, okay, if God, if God says, you know, the only way to heaven is if you believe. I mean, if people can't get to heaven without faith, and God will actually let people go to hell who choose not to believe, well, he'll let people die of disease without faith. I mean, hell is a little more important. I mean, heaven. Going to heaven and missing hell is a little more important than being healed of a physical disease. And if he'll let people go to hell who don't believe, he will let people die who don't believe. It's not his will. I'm sure he hates to see it, but he can't make you and he can't make me believe. He can't make us believe. Serious stuff. So, make sure your joy level is where it would be if you already had what you prayed for. Remember, feelings have nothing to do with this. You rejoice by choice. I said you rejoice by choice. You're, you're going, praise the Lord, hallelujah, because of what God said. Not because you feel better, not because everything changed immediately. You take, you take charge of your life. You be joyful. Wait, quit waiting to feel joyful. Be joyful. You're a child of God. You can be whatever you want to be. You can be joyful you can be sad. No demon, no person, no circumstance can make you sad without your consent. Being sad is a choice to let those things bother you. That's right. Jesus put it like this. Let not your heart be troubled. What's he saying? He's saying you can help it. I can't help it. The Lord said you could. Yes. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. That means you can help it. Well, I can't help it. It just runs in the family. Then the Lord lied. Don't let your heart be troubled. What do you mean? Bad things happening? People do you wrong? Things coming against you? you don't have to let it steal your joy. That's a choice. It's a choice. Number two. Okay, real quick. Number two, make sure your level of love toward others is where it would be if you already had what you prayed for. All right, let me explain this one a little bit here. How many of you would be less edgy and less bothered by things if you already had everything you prayed for in manifestation. It's like people don't bother you as much when that million dollar check came in. Isn't that interesting? They just don't seem to bother me that much anymore. I actually kind of like these people who I didn't used to like. Why? Well, I'm I'm doing well. I mean, I might even want to bless them with something. I'm, I'm doing really well. I mean, no. Believing you receive answers to your prayer will affect how you treat other people. If you really believe that what you prayed for is on the way with more assurance than FedEx delivering it to your house, how I many think you'd have a little bit different attitude toward other people? You know a lot, you know a lot, why a lot of people are grumpy and grouchy? Because their life is miserable. What if your life wasn't miserable? Maybe not so grumpy and grouchy. But pastor, I'm miserable. Well, believe you're not. <laughs> believe for good things to come into your life. Believe God heard your prayer. I... I I could read you what I have here, but let me just, perfect analogy of staying in faith. Are you ready? You order something online. A beautiful picture. One of those kind you just want to jump in, you know. Colors and landscaping, it's like, that'll go perfect on my wall, it'll pop like crazy, it's awesome. You buy it, you can't. it's like one of a kind. You, let's say you buy it, you buy it, you buy it today. Pay for it. It says the order went through and said it'll be there in a few weeks. Let me ask you a question. After you order that and you see on your statement that they charged it already and it doesn't show up for a few days, how many of you think about calling them back up and saying, I need to order one of these? I'm not sure the first order worked. I need, I need to reorder. See, this is, this is take this to prayer. Why do we keep going back to God for the same thing just because it's taken a little while to get in? It means we really don't believe He heard us and we really don't believe that the answer's on the way like He said it would be. We need to treat God with as much respect as we treat somebody we don't even know on the other end of an internet transaction. Do you keep calling the store to purchase another one just because it hasn't showed up after you ordered it? No, you just wait patiently. You endure. (laughs) Got to watch out about the phrase, I can't wait for that to come in. I can't wait. That's just wrong. (laughs) Okay. So make sure your joy level is where it would be. Make sure your love toward other people is where it would be. In other words, be happy like you got it and you'll get it. Right? Walk in love like you already got it and you'll get it. See, it needs to affect your life. And number three, make sure your thoughts after prayer After claiming a scripture, make sure your thoughts are in line with, quote, it's mine, I have it now. I don't have to order it again. It's on the way. I expect it to show up very soon. I'm expecting to see something that already belongs to me. If it don't already belong to you, how could you expect to see it? See, faith comes on the scene and says, I believe I have it found scriptures, prayed, God said it's on the way. Now, because I believe it's mine, I'm expecting to see it. I'm expecting to see it. Why? Because you believe it's yours. Paid for. Jesus paid for it, right? With his blood. Okay, take, take a woman who's pregnant. Whoever heard of a woman expecting before she was pregnant? Anybody ever heard of a woman expecting before she was pregnant? No, it's she's pregnant, right? She's already received the baby, right? Right. She's already received. Now she's expecting to see what she's already conceived. If you haven't already conceived it, it's going to be very hard to expect to see it. She doesn't have that baby when it's seen. She received that baby nine months ago. when you see the promise of God that's not when it became yours that's when you saw what you already received a while back if you haven't already received it by faith your expectations are going to be messed up whoever heard of oh I'm expecting FedEx I'm expecting them to to bring a brand new couch and and love seat to my house really when did you order it well I never did I'm just expecting it to show up (laughs) what's your expectation based on I don't know, I'm just expecting it to happen. You can't expect something to show up that's not yours. (laughs) All right, moving right along. Quickly, this is it. Number four, make sure your words don't come against your faith. That God heard your prayer and he sent the answer. In other words, don't let this right here put your prayer on pause. It may look like it's not working, it may feel like it's not working, just don't say it's not working. You can feel like it's not working and still see a miracle because you keep believing it's working. And believing has a lot to do with your joy level. Your attitude has a lot to do with your love toward other people. has a lot to do with what's coming out of your mouth. Don't say anything against what God said, even if it looks like it's going crazy. Number five, make sure that worry and fear know you mean business and that you will never Believe that God lied to you. Because worry and fear try to make you think God lied. Or you're a bad person. Or this is never going to happen for you. Or God's really not that good of a God. Or his love is waning. Make sure that worry and fear know that you mean business. Because they'll try to come against you. And let them know, let worry and fear know you will not get me to doubt the love of God. I will not believe that God's a liar. Number six. Know this, guys. Number six is know that the devil will try to get you to doubt. Just be ready for it. Know that the devil will try to get you to doubt that what you prayed for is going to come to pass. Know that the devil will try to get you to doubt and be ready to rebuke him and rebuke him when he tries to get you to doubt. I guess we could sum it up say this. Rebuke doubt when it comes. Don't accept it. Doubt looks like logic at times. I mean really high-level logic. Rebuke it if it goes against Believing God's word. Number seven, this is the last one. Go over and over seeing yourself with what you asked for. What do you mean, seeing yourself? Well, see yourself with what God said is yours after prayer. See yourself with what His word says belongs to you. See it. What do you mean? It means turn off the television for a little while and look at your vision. You be the movie. You be the movie. Yeah. Let your life be the movie. Yeah. Sit down, close your eyes, or get some pictures or whatever, and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for these things. Thank you for meeting this need. Thank you, Lord, for helping me. See yourself healthy. What do you mean? Sit down and see yourself healthy. How? Close your eyes. See yourself on the inside healthy. See yourself doing what healthy people do. See yourself eating what healthy people eat. I had to do this. I know with the hypoglycemia, I got victory over years ago. I had to see myself eating a cookie and feeling fine. <laughs> eating ice cream and feeling fine instead of... I, I battled that for years. I, this is how I got out of that. So, go over and over, seeing yourself with what you asked for. Meditate on what God said is yours and thank Him with increasing praise. Don't forget that one. That's all part of number seven. Thank Him as you're seeing yourself well, as you're seeing yourself prosperous, as you're seeing yourself on the next level or whatever, success, see that and then thank God with increasing praise. In other words, keep praising Him a little more a little more every day until the thing shows up. Get so expectant that you have to birth that baby. Be so expectant of the promises of God, so engulfed in praise and rejoicing. Just get bigger and bigger and bigger in these things to where I mean you only get so big in praise until your manifestation occurs. If you're expecting, you're showing. I mean it's good. It gets bigger and bigger and not smaller and smaller bigger, 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 bigger. You're just so caught up in praising God and all of a sudden there's the little little baby manifestation right there. Amen. Glory to God. Take charge of the things. Tell your attitude which way to go. Tell your words which way to go. And stay in faith, church. You can stand up with me. So hopefully you know what we talked about tonight. (laughs) Stay in faith. Confess this with me. I determine with the help of God to stay in faith. To not cast away my confidence. confidence. I purpose. purpose To hold on to the word of God. To To bear fruit with endurance. endurance. I'll not quit. I'll not not slip away. away. I hold on. on To the promises of God. God. In Jesus name. name. I I will see. The glory of God. In my body, in my my family, in my my finances, in my my health, in my my business, my my children, my My soul, my My entire life, life. I believe, I I stay in faith, I I praise God every day. day. Thank you, Lord. Oh, let's just thank the Lord before we go. Father, thank thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I just encourage you, do those seven things without feeling. Just just do them. Just calmly do them. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'd be really happy if that thing had already showed up, so I'm just going to be really happy right now. I'm going to treat other people like I'm a blessed person. I'm going to be nice and kind because I'm doing great. My words are not going to go against what I'm believing for. Right? Praise God with increasing praise. Tell worry and doubt to shut up. Rebuke the enemy when he comes with doubt and see your victory. (laughs) Praise God. Have a good night. We'll see you Sunday for Lauren Boebert and see you then. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.